0: Hebrews chapter 10, starting on the 11th verse. Feel free to uh, follow along in a Bible you brought yourself, or one in the pews, or uh, be blessed by listening. Every priest stands daily, ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins, but he having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time onward until his enemies are made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering, he is perfected for all those who are sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also testifies to us for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them, after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws upon their heart, and on their mind I will write them. He then says, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now, where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence Father God thank you lord that uh, that we stand forgiven that those who are in Christ are forgiven and and Lord that we have the confidence to come to you without shame without guilt, because everything you put at the foot of the cross and and lord i want to I want to thank you that uh help us to um, Lord, to, uh, to hold fast to our confession, especially in this world where everything's going crazy. And, and Lord, to, uh, to encourage each other uh, to, to live the, the, a life worthy of you. And Lord, what's more important, and, and unfortunately it's happening too much, let us continue to assemble together, to meet together, Lord, and because we can encourage each other and 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 be there for each other especially as uh, as as the day of your coming draws near lord thank you for giving us this opportunity to uh to come together and worship you in music in the reading of your word and in the preaching of your word as well um thank you for our pastor steve he loves you he loves your word And he loves us. I pray that you would put on his heart and on his mind what you'd have him teach us and that we would have ears to hear and take to heart his message. In your name we pray, amen.
1: Good morning. Good to see you all. Lord's Day here. The Lord has given us this time to be together, to worship him, to hear his word, to have time of fellowship as well. Indeed, it's a blessing uh, Jeff mentioned that we live in this crazy world, and that is true, and uh, I would say to this to you, that more than ever, we really need to be in a church setting. We need to have believers that we can be with, that we can talk to, that we can fellowship with, because we need the encouragement, we need the fellowship, we need the truth, we need all those things. So it's good to see you on this Lord's Day. Um, our primary purpose now at this time is to share the Word of God. And I want to look at a very important section of God's Word, just briefly so there's so much here. It's Psalm 119. And I looked at some verses in Psalm 119 uh, last year, but I wanted to uh, share some more today, some of the same sections even. A little repetition won't hurt here at all. But uh, it's just very, very important that we go through this. I don't know if Steve mentioned this is Sermonette or not. I don't know how long I'm going, I never really know. Uh, the Spirit will lead, and we will see. Psalm 19 is a very important chapter in the Bible. It's an essential key for each one of you as Christians for your life. Psalm 19 is the longest chapter in the Bible. Its primary focus, of course, is on God's Word. Psalm 19 is a catalyst; is to motivate you to be in God's Word, to read God's Word, and to obey God's word. Let's go then to Psalm 119. We're going to look at the first eight verses. And again, I, we looked at this last year. I, I didn't even refer to my notes from last year. I just let's go through it and see what the Lord gives me from these verses. But very important, first verse is, how blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. There's five key words here that we must understand to understand the entirety of this psalm and, of course, to understand these eight sections. There's eight sections. Sometimes they uh, there's all these sections. There's 22 sections of eight verses. Sometimes they have a theme. Sometimes they don't have a theme. I believe this has a theme, and it relates to being ones who are obeying God. But let's go through these words, these five words. First is the word blessed. That is God wants to bless your life. And sometimes people think, oh, God doesn't want to bless me. He's got to rough life. No, God wants to bless your life. He wants you to have a spiritually successful life as a Christian. That's what he wants for you. The blessing God wants to give you relates directly to loving God's word, to learning God's word, to believing God's word, and to obeying God's word. Second, the word way. That refers to your way of life. refers to your conduct, your lifestyle. The word lay, way can relate specifically to your job, it can relate to relationships, can relate to your finances, can relate to how you serve in the church, can relate to you being with somebody in a relationship, can you be being a witness, whatever, so many things, so many aspects of your life this word way can relate to. You've heard that phrase, oh, he is set in his ways, usually looked at in more of a negative way. But it could be a positive thing. And God wants us as Christians to, hey, in a positive way, look at this. For example, you talk about some, I thought of this older couple. Well, my wife and I are a little bit older here. You know you, you, you know, you eat the same kind of food. You know, you use your time pretty much the same way. We have the way we do our finances. You know, there's just the way with certain relationships. There's certain ways we do things that we've developed over the years. We're sort of set in some of our ways. So that's not a bad thing. The principal important thing I'm talking about today is how your ways should be set by God, because that's the key. So it relates to all these things. And God, of course, wants the ways of your life to be in line with, according to, and in sync with the Word of God. Next, the word blameless means you're living a holy life, a life not controlled by sin and evil. Of course, nobody's perfect. Only Christ was perfect on this earth. But in general, you're living a holy life. Next, the word walk is speaking of the steps you take in life, the minute by minute, things you do to be holy, to be obedient, to be one who is glorifying God. The Bible says in Psalm 119, direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. And so, again, direct my steps. We take steps day to day. You all know this. You're going to walk out of here, and you're going to take so many steps to get out of here, go to the fellowship hall, or go to, you take steps. So, too, with the steps is the step-by-step, minute-by-minute things you do that God wants you to do. word law refers to God's word. Specifically, the truths and principles from his word. As as you read this psalm, you'll see there's words like statutes and ordinances and precepts. I'm not going to go through all that, okay? That's not my purpose. My, My angle on this more so is the verbs. I remember when Dan Hayden shared on Psalm 119 a few years back, he focused a lot on the nouns. I'm looking at the verbs. Verbs are action, and they're very, very important to look at. We'll look at some nouns too, but the verbs is what I'm focusing on. Let me summarize. When you walk... According to God's law, then you'd be walking in his ways, living a blameless life, resulting in being blessed. That's all five words right there. That's what it is, okay? Walking according to God's words, you're walking in his ways, and you're blameless, living then a blessed life. Turn to Psalm 1, 1 to 3. You'll see there's some similarities here. Of course, Psalm 1 is the first psalm, and oftentimes You want to look at those things first Is being quite important. It says there, verse 1, How blessed is the man who does not walk, there's the word walk, in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor seat in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in a season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. That is, he will be blessed. And you go to the last verse, therefore the wicked, know, yeah, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, okay, the way. All of you guys are on this way, You're going on this way in life. Okay, verse 2. How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. This verse keys in on two points, and it all relates then to verse 1. And the first one is blessing comes as you seek God, as you pursue God, as you go after God. Seeking, of course, is an action word. Seeking, pursuing, wanting to be with, wanting to talk to, wanting to listen to. Seeking God as you pursue him and as you observe his words as you do what he says. So two things. This blessing, again, blessing. The way verse 1 starts off, bless happens this way. Verse 2 correlates with verse 1. Blessing happens as you seek him, as you pursue him, as you then do what he wants you to do. Verse 3, they also do no unrighteousness. They walk in his ways. No unrighteousness. Pretty strong, isn't it? you get got some strong words here. No unrighteousness. Again, it's, it's, it's not a matter of absolute perfection, but that's what we shoot for. The last verse, I believe it's of Matthew 5, says, aim for perfection. Be like perfect like God is perfect. That's what we should shoot for. So you have to be holy to walk in God's ways. You can't be sinning. Obeying God and, and sin are completely incompatible, are diametrically opposed. Do not mix. Do not mix. So right away you have this truth here about you need to be holy to walk in the ways of God. Psalm 119, 101, turn there. 101 says, I've restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. That says what I just said. I've lived a holy life so I can do what you want me to do. So if you're in sin, you're not going to be able to obey God. You can't do it. It just doesn't work. You have to stay away from sin. 404 relates. From your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. There's the motivation. God's word tells you about these false ways, and the word hates pretty strong, isn't it? Hate evil. Hate false ways. Hate it. Because if you don't hate it, you're not going to be living a holy life. You're not going to be getting a victory over that false way, that sin, whatever that might be. Okay, verse four. You should you have ordained your precepts that we should keep them diligently. So obeying God's not a once in a while, every other day, or every other hour type of thing. You're to daily, diligently, continually obey God. The standard is higher high, isn't it? I mean, you're going along one day and do a few things for the Lord. Man, that was a good day. (laughs) 30 minutes of obedience. What was the rest of the day like? I mean, be honest. God wants our whole life. Our whole life. That's what we're saying. Keep them diligent. Verse 5. Oh, that may ways may be established to keep your statutes. The first, these last four verses of, of, of this first section here is a prayer. And what you'll see as you go through Psalm 119 is you'll have truth and principles and outline. And then all of a sudden there's a prayer. And you need to look for it because you just sort of miss it. But this last four is all a prayer. That's where we're at here. And it relates again to these first four verses. Verse 5, the writer's praying that he faithfully keeps God's word. Oh, that my ways may be established. Help me, God, to do this. He sees what's being said here. Help me, God, to do this because he knows, of course, this is central and foundational to being one who's living a successful and blessed life. Not going to look at it here, but it's on the notes I've given you. James 1, 22 to 25. Great set of verses about, again, and they use the word blessed there and obedience. You're blessed as you obey God's word. It's so easy. And I, I this is for myself. It, it talks now, I just mentioned briefly, how you read the word, then you walk away from it. You forget what it says. And this happened to every one of us here. Well, read some words, and you forget. What did I read? I, I forgot. And not good. So, so it's good when you read something to think about what you're reading, to get it locked in your brain and your mind, and so then you can go on and maybe even memorize it. So that's important, that you faithfully obey God's word, and that you are praying that God gives you the grace to do it. Then verse 6, Then I shall not be ashamed when I look upon all your commandments. Look upon all your commandments commandments. Again, the bar is high, isn't it? The key then to not being ashamed, to not feeling guilty, to having a good conscience is to obey all God's commands. Okay? Very simple. That's all it says. And I'll say this as an add-on, all the ones that you know. Now, the example is simple, and it'll illustrate this point. You all understand little children. Let's say a one-year-old child, a two-year-old. They they know certain things to do. If their parents have taught them, you know, whether they're a two-year-old, they sort of know how to maybe eat with a fork. I'm not sure what they know it to you, but there's certain things they know to do. You know, and maybe when they're t- – I'm just throwing this out. I'm not saying this is true. Maybe by their two, there's 15 things they know to do, and they can do it. Maybe that's it. And the thing is, but you get that child by the time he's 15. Let's say he's up to 25 he's a young adult. He knows hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things. Like they had for breakfast, they, they made eggs. They didn't think about, how do I make the. They made the eggs. They just did it, Okay. You know, they make their food. They, you know, how to drive a car. They, hundreds of things spiritual, physical, up the hundred. You know what I'm saying? It's a gradual thing. The point is, as a Christian, you take one thing at a time. That's how God takes us one thing at a time. And you keep going and you keep going. And as a Christian, you get more and more mature. That's the way it is. That's the way it is, okay? And God will help you to do that. He'll help you take those one thing at a time. And if you're sitting here today, and says, well, what is it, God? And, 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 and I can't help but think, because I know what God is like, he'll key in in one area or two areas. He doesn't give you 20 things to learn in a day. God's a teacher. He doesn't do it that way. Okay. Verse 7. I shall give thanks to you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. It relates to what I just said. The, the the writer knows that God is teaching him, and he's thankful that God is teaching him. All of you here have been in school. All of you have had teachers, right? Good teachers, medium teachers, you know, bad teachers. You have God as your teacher, and you are not out of school. You are in school every day of your life, and God is your teacher. You must think this way, and God is teaching you his word. That's what we're talking about. This is the focus. He is teaching you. And you should think, God, what are you teaching me from your word? What do you want me to learn from your word? Teach me. Help me. Be a good student. You know what good students are like. I don't know if you're a good student or not or whatever. But whatever. Be a good student. Say, God, I want to learn what you want to teach me. And he will. He'll teach you. He's a great teacher. He's the perfect teacher. And, of course, as you know, he doesn't just teach you through his word. He teaches you through trials. I think it's Psalm 119, 67. Before I was afflicted, before I had that trial, I went astray. But now I keep your word. What was the purpose of the trial? Many trials. Well, really, every trial. I can't say many. Every trial relates to some truth from God's word. Every trial relates to something that God's trying to teach you. There, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Now I keep your word. So the order there is this. First you're afflicted, or first you're gone astray, then you're afflicted, then you keep the word. That's the order. You're going astray, God afflicts you with the trial, so now you keep his word. So that's what's going on. God's your teacher. Verse 8, I shall keep your statutes, do not forsake me utterly. The writer makes a commitment, a promise to God They do will keep his statutes. So here we are today. Don't you think you should make this commitment? I shall keep your statutes, God. But sometimes you, you, you hear that and you might think one or two things. Well, you, there's the disobedient type part. No, nah, I don't want to do that, God. You can have believers like that sometimes. Or the, the believer is thinking, yeah. You know, I'm not a, I don't know if I can even do that. I, I probably not, I shouldn't say that because I'm just going to fail anyway. You can think that way, okay? But that's, that's why that second part is so important. What does it say? Don't forsake me utterly. The psalmist knowing that I need you, God, to help me do what you want me to do. That is the strength to do what God wants comes from God. That's all, that's all it is. So you should say this. I shall keep your, statutes but i'm going to trust you to give me the strength to do what you want me to do that's all it's saying very very simple okay i shall keep your statutes again i said simple the word is simple but as we go through life yeah it's not always easy because we have the world the flesh and the devil and i understand that okay but continue on let's go to verses 9 to 16 the next section so that's about obedience okay it starts with obedience, it finishes with obedience, that's the whole section. And there's many other verses, of course, in Psalm 118 about obedience, but this is probably the central one, and it starts that way, and it's a, it's, a, it's a key section. Verses 9 to 16. It says, How can a young man keep his way pure by living according to his word? This section, now, some may disagree with me, I, I believe that the central theme, and not, again, that all these these sections of eight verses have a same theme or a theme one theme but i believe the theme is being holy how can a young man keep his way pure the answer is by living according to your word so it starts off with a question is how to live this life and i believe the rest of the verses give the answer verse nine the most important key is obvious it's living according to god's word that's what it says only by god's word can you live a holy pure and godly life that is it You remember the prayer, Jesus' prayer, the high priestly prayer, John 17, 17. Jesus prayed to his Father, and he's praying for believers back then, for us too. He says, sanctify them by their truth. Sanctify, of course, the word. Make them holy. You make them holy, God, by your truth. And then what's he say? Your word is truth. The word is truth. You need God's word to be holy. Without it, you can't be holy. That's all we're saying. Verses 10 to 16, then, is a prayer. Now we go to the prayer. We got the principle down. Now what's the prayer? Verse 10, with all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commands. One of the keys to not wandering astray, going away from God then, is to be one who is, is seeking God, pursuing him with all your heart. The one truth that's obvious from here is this. Is as Christians, we can stray. Each of us here, I've strayed. You all have strayed as a Christian, right? You know what that means. You're not, whatever, you're not doing the right thing. You're straying away from God. You've strayed. And the key to not straying is then to be seeking God, okay? Now, you could stray for an hour or two. I mean, again, you go through the day and, hey, good morning. And then you stray all afternoon or a good day. And then you stray that night. You know, you're just off the way. The point is this, is, is are you seeking God? I mean, even as Christians, You know, we're going along and seeking God, then we start seeking pleasure. Well, that's not good. I'm not saying God doesn't want to bless you with good things, but not seeking pleasure, is straying away. Seeking God's words is key. That is so, so important. Psalm 63:1, David said, O God, thou art my God, earnestly I seek thee, my soul thirsts for thee, my flesh yearns for thee in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Learning to seek God, that is to go after God, to pursue him, and that means in the word, and that means in prayer, is so, so, so important. Verse 11, I've treasured your word, I've treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. A key to being holy, to not sin against God, is to treasure God's word. It's to love his word more than anything else. Psalm 119, this verse in the NIV says, I've hidden your word. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And So ask yourself, is there anything that you love more than God's word? Important question. And you're tested a lot. Because I would encourage all of you to read your Bible every day. And if you're not, what are you doing? What are you doing? God's word. I mean, this is God himself wants to speak to you through his word. And you're sitting there, now i got something else more important to do. That's what we're saying. This is so simple. So simple. Are you seeking God? Are you treasuring his word in your heart? Job said this, I've treasured the word of his mouth more than my necessary food. We all like food. I believe we like food. Sometimes maybe if you can do it diet-wise, health-wise, take a meal off and read the word. Put that verse into application. That Job twenty three twelve verse, treasure the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Verse twelve, blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. Again, you must know that God is your teacher. If you're going to learn God's word, you need to actively think this because sometimes you can you can just get in the morning and you start reading and stuff. Pray first. It says God. Okay, here's your word. I'm I'm sitting here listening. You know, I mean, you're reading, but you should be thinking about reading as being listening. I'm listening. I'm reading, but I'm listening. I'm listening. What are you saying? What are you teaching me? And again, be thankful that God wants to teach you because he does want to do that. We're not going to look at verses in the New Testament that talk about this. John 14, 26, others say that God uses the Holy Spirit. God gives the Holy Spirit to you to actually teach you. And again, if you learn something new, if the lights go off in your head, say, thank you, God, for teaching me that. Thank him for that that he is indeed your teacher. Verse 13, with my lips I've told of all the ordinances of your mouth. And so a key to learning God's word, to having God's word established and deep in your heart, is to be telling other people. And you notice here what it says. It says all. You, 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 know, you know, we can, as Christians, we can learn things and just sort of keep it to ourselves. No, God says share it. Pass it on. Tell others. The verse in Matthew 28, 19, 20, go make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to obey just a few of the commandments, <laughs> teaching them to obey all the commandments, all, all, all. So have that mindset. Again, you do you know, do it in a humble way. And, and, and it's the kind of thing, maybe you, you learn it and you want to learn it in your heart a little bit before you share it with somebody else that is, hey, I got this new verse. Well, have you applied it to your own life yet? So I, I think there's some point here about application you're sharing things that you've learned and that you've been applying to your life. But that mindset is, is important. And, and part of it, what, what we're talking about here, really, on one hand, is how to be a mature Christian. A mature Christian is one who is learning the word himself, applying it to his life, and then he's teaching to others. That's what he's doing. That's what it says here. Okay, you so say, well, I'm shy. I'm quiet. No, no, I don't. You share the word. with People in your life, your family, friends. That's what God wants. And it's a very important part of fellowship as well. Verse fourteen: I rejoice in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Is that what's this say? Yeah, all riches. This is important. Again, this relates to that word delight. Um, you're to rejoice in God's word. You're to be excited about God's word. You're to love God's word more than anything else. Psalm 1 it says he delights, verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord because if you don't delight in God's word, if you don't rejoice in it, you're not excited, you're not going to want to read it, right? Simple point here. If you love God, you'll love his word. People can say they're Christians, and they love God, but if they don't read his word, they don't love God. I mean, you understand this relationally. You know somebody and, and it could be a spouse or some friend, and, but you don't listen to what they say. Part of loving is listening to them. Again, you have to get this in your mind. You are a human being on this earth. You are fallible, made in the image of God. You got the Spirit in you, and God is there through His Word. He wants to teach you, and He can. But are you listening? And, and you know this. I mean, this happens to me too. Sometimes your minds get so filled. There's so many things. Oh, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. You're thinking about this. It's some other problem. Well, there's all kinds of things happen, and you're like, I know that. But you got to somehow say, God, help my mind to be decluttered so I can understand your word. God's word has a hard time coming in and settling in a cluttered mind and heart. Okay? So ask God. He, He can do that. It's just singing and praying and all these things that really, really helps. Next 15, I will meditate in your precepts, regard your ways. God wants you to meditate. To think about his word that's what he wants you to do to meditate to think about his word and and this is how your the word goes from your head to your heart is by meditation it's key i mean we've talked about this briefly before and we can have a whole message on it but meditation is one of the most important things for your christian life because as you know you go through this day and how many different things will you think about today hundreds hundreds There'll be hundreds of different things you'll think about today. Small things, little things. Hundreds, of, I guarantee you will. Your mind is going all day long, right? Unless you'll take a nap and then it's still going on dreams and stuff. But, but you do not i It's going, going, going. But are you thinking about God's word? Very, very important. But then, look what it says here. I'll meditate in your precepts and regard your ways. Or think about your ways. Must see the connection here. Ways of God in your life are established because you're following, believing, obeying the word of God. The ways of God result from obeying God's word. You start with God's word, then you got the ways of God, okay? Remember that. The word of God, the ways of God. Your life being established. You're now doing what God wants. There's a pattern, a spiritual, biblical, godly pattern in your life where you're consistent. You're consistent in doing what's right. God's word... God's ways. God's ways, again, is the lifestyle, the conduct that God wants you to have, which results, then, from obeying God's word. Joshua 1.8 says, says this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, Joshua, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you might live according to the word of God. Meditate to do. Meditate to do. Meditate to obey. That is, that is we're talking about obedience here. But a critical part of that is this meditation, thinking of this word so you get it in your heart. You you, you love it. It's important. It's it's so so important that, 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 that you learn how, again, this meditation. Verse 16, I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. That's pretty strong. I shall delight and I shall not forget. The writer says he's going to delight in God's word. This is similar to the word rejoice treasure in verse 11 and rejoice in verse 14. And as I mentioned before, Psalm 1-2, his delight, his delight, his love. Do you love the word of God? And maybe that's a, a place to start with, well, for all of us here, but maybe some of you in particular, is you don't really get in the word because you don't delight in the word. And if not, why not? You pray. You say, God, what is it? What's in my heart that loves what's in my heart more than what the word is? What is it? Again, search me, O God, know my heart, try me, and search me, try me, what's it say, search me, God, know my anxious ways, that's what it is. A lot of anxious ways, okay, I get anxious sometimes, you do too, okay, God wants to clear that out of your heart and mind, that's what he wants to do, it's by the truth of God's word. So, God's making it clear again that you must love his word, if you're going to obey his word, and then be a holy life, and then be a blessed person. So, we're talking about, you know, Meditation, obedience, but it really starts then with this this delight, delight, this loving God loving his word, and maybe we go back to that because I said before if you don't love God, you won't love his word, so if you're not loving his word as well there's something about not loving god right okay that's that's there's some other idol, something else going on that's not good, not right, so I shall not forget that's that's a hard one um, <laughs> you know we have minds that we forget it's easy to forget I, I've got my and maybe I should pass them out. I got my my wife knows all kinds of verse sheets. I mean, it's 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 ten pages of just some of my favorite verses, and I will go over those because I don't want to forget. And I still forget, but some way that works for you because it's a personal thing. How can you not forget His word? But but it says, "I shall not." That's pretty strong. I'm not God. I'm not going to forget it. Whatever you say, I'm going to remember it. That's that's an important thing to say to God. It really is. But it's so, it's easy to say, but it's so easy to then do and forget. So might God help us there to not then forget his word. So that's, that's the end of verse 16, that section about being holy, all these important thoughts here, meditation and loving God's word, seeking God, all these things. Now we go to this last section, and this is verses 25 to 32. And this, this again, focuses on, uh, this is a clear theme you'll see as we go through these verses, focuses on repentance and revival. Verse 25, my soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to your word. Clearly, the writer's down. He's discouraged. His soul is cleaving to the dust. I mean, you know, you think of the dust there, and his soul is down on the ground, and he's out of it. He's bummed out. For whatever reason, he's really, really discouraged. And what does it say? Revive me according to your word. That's it. So he prays to God. Because he knows that revival and encouragement comes from God's word. So basic overall here, if you're discouraged, bummed out, go to the word. That's what we're saying. That's all. That's that's, that's the overall answer here, okay? Verse 26, but there's more. I've told him my ways, and you've answered me. Teach me your statutes. It's interesting. I've told him my ways. He didn't just say I did one thing wrong here. Typically, what we're discouraged is because there's a pattern in our life that's not right. You might have done one thing wrong that bums you out, but... I've told of my, as it says later, false ways. I'm doing things wrong here, God. Whatever area, it is, I'm doing things wrong. I've told you of my ways. I've confessed, that is, and you've answered me. He's confessing his wrong ways, his sins, his situation, his problems to God. And God teaches him. God answers him then according to his word. That's what he does. So if you have a problem, tell it to God. Tell it to God. And then go read his word. You hear people say this, and I've done this too. But oh yeah, I, you know they're they're bummed out. I'm going to go take a walk, or go to the park, or go to the beach. It's fine, take a walk. But you know what happens when we do that? Sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, is we start thinking about our own thoughts. Are we thinking about somebody else, what they said to us, or something? We're thinking thoughts, but not God thoughts. And the key is what God's thoughts. If you're taking a walk, to be encouraged, think about God's thoughts. That's fine. Take a walk. Don't just think about your own thoughts. Don't think about so, somebody else said he made you mad. Think about God's thoughts. That's what we're saying. That's, that's, that's all All we're saying here. God wants to answer you through the Word. So if you have a problem, tell it to God. Said God, I've been messing up here. This isn't good. What's wrong here? I'm, it's hard. to discourage. And then go to the Word. Okay? Go to the Word. Now, for me what I do is, is there's some portions of word that are more dense, and I say that in a good way, that is just thick with truth. For example, you go to the epistles, man, just verse after verse after verse. So if something's going on, it's not right. Go to the epistle, go to Ephesians, read chapter one, read chapter two, keep reading to you. Hey, I think the answer is coming clear. The point is, God wants to teach you through his word when you are bummed out about something, he can do it, okay? Now, young Christians can't do this. They're not there yet. But as God's Children, he wants us to learn and then help others learn the same, you see. You go to the Word, Ephesians, the Epistles, Gospels can be good. I love the Psalms and Proverbs. Dense, thick. Start reading the Psalms. Or what is the devotional we have? This Stanley one. What is it called? In Touch? No. In Touch. Charles Stanley has a devotional. It's one of my favorites. And the reason I like it is because some devotionals, you know, they're sort of longer, you know, harder. His is so simple and so pointed. I love it. I, I'd encourage you all to get one. You know, and, and so the point I am saying this: you go to the Word, read that in touch. You read about ten or fifteen of those, and I think God will teach you the answer. They're all based in the Word of God. That the point is this, and it's such a wonderful thing that God can teach you, and He wants to do this. But are you willing to not just sit there and think about your own thoughts all day long, which happens with us Christians a lot too, and start thinking about what does God say? That's that's all. This is pretty basic. Then next verse, make me understand the way of your precepts, I will, so I'll meditate on your wonders. Okay, this is a really important verse. You need to understand God's words. This says what? You need to understand the ways, the ways of your words. That is, you're obeying God's word, and it makes a way, makes a pathway for your life. That's what we're talking about here. As a Christian, you're making a pathway for your life, and it happens as you then follow the word of God. So you need to understand God's words. But you also need to understand his ways. That is the lifestyle, the conduct, the daily life that God wants you to be living. And then again, walking in God's ways comes from obeying God's word. That's what happens. But what does it say, the last part? So I will meditate on your wonders. Connection between the ways of God and the wonders of God. Now let me just simple, simplify this very. You. you got the word of God. you got the ways of God. And you got the wonders of God. You follow the word of God, you're establishing the ways of God, the result is the wonders of God, or let's simplify it more, the works of God. Word of God, ways of God, works of God. That's really, that's one way to sum up this message here today, okay? You love God's word, follow God's word, your life is established in the ways God has for your life. And then you're seeing God work through you, you're seeing the, the works of God. That's, this is a mature Christian here, this is, this is mature Christian, okay? Word of God, ways of God. Wonders. And, and you need to think about it. It's all important. You're thinking about God's word, you're meditating God's word. You're meditating on the ways, you're also then meditating on the works. That's what it says here. Meditating your wonders. Psalm one eleven says, Great are the works of the Lord. They are studied by all who delight in them. You study the works of God. Again, an important thing. To think about what is God doing in my life? What's he doing in other people? What's he doing? And I'm talking about the works of God. What is it? So yesterday after the shower, we got home. Oh, Marsha Laura. Cason and Holly, and we all sat around the living room, okay? Let's download what happened here. And I wasn't, not I when mean, I was in the office, I wasn't there, but I want to know what happened. I wanted to know about the works of God. And it's a very encouraging, probably 40 minutes or so, it was very encouraging. Wow, that was good. God did that, and God did that, and God was really good. And so studying the words of God should be a very encouraging thing to do. But again, and it results from God's word, God's ways, and then the wonders. Verse 28. Again, this psalmist is, is sort of bummed out. My soul weeps because of grief. Strengthen me according to your word. Again, he, he's hurting. This, this whole section is obvious he's really having a rough day, a rough time, rough week, rough month, whatever. And what's the answer? Strengthen me according to your word. We see the repentant heart of this writer. He's grieving. He's weeping. He's, his, his soul is worried with sorrow. It's a great prayer. When you're weak, when you're in sin, when you've got a problem, spiritual battle, whatever, Say, God, strengthen me according to your word. Strengthen me according to your word. And when I say word, and I've said this before in the past, I'll mention three other words here real quickly. Truth, pr- truth commands, and promises. Truth is a truth. For example, God loves you. That's a truth. You just believe it. Okay. Then commands is, God's telling you to do something, like walk by the Spirit. That's a command. Promise is I will never leave you or forsake you. Hey, God promises in the place of the future that is starting today and never leave you. So all those are important. Strengthen me according to your word. Sometimes you need promises, sometimes you need commands, sometimes you need truth, sometimes it's all of them together. But that's the prayer. Strengthen me according to your word. You're weak, you're hurt, and you're in sin because the word of God's not living in you like it should. Verse 29, remove the false from, way from me and graciously grant my law. The, the theme continues here. The, Lord, the writer knows his false and deceitful ways must be removed, and he knows that only God can do that, and it's only by God's law. He knows that only God's word, God's truth, then can counter and correct the sin and the evil and the wrong ways in his life. Another verse that says the same thing, you know, the verse John eight thirty two. you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, free from an old way. Sinful way of life. So he's now being revived, okay? Things are going good. Things are moving along. And we come to the end, the conclusion of this section. It's a great section. Conclude with these verses. He's getting the victory over sin over his false ways. First, verse 30, I've chosen the faithful way. I've placed your, false, your ordinance before me. I've chosen, I've made the decision, I want your way and not my way. Not the false ways, the faithful way of God. That's what I want. So we see he's chosen this faithful way. He's chosen God's word, God's truth over the lies of the flesh and devil. Verse 31 I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Do not put me to shame. He clings to God's word. The point's simple. If you start following God's word, what typically happens, what always happens, I believe, well, I mean, it always, but most times, is you'll be tested. You start to do what's right, and all of a sudden something happens. You're tested. You just, man, I'm just starting to, learn what are we doing? You get tested. At that time you're tested. What do you do? You keep believing, you keep clinging, you keep hanging on. That's the point. You keep hanging on, and then you get strong, you get the victory. The verse that says it's as good as any is, is 1 John 2:14. You, you young men are strong because the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Young men spiritually, not physically, spiritually, spiritual young men. That is. Spiritual young men are strong because God's word lives in them, and they've overcome the enemy. Okay, that's it. That's all we're saying here. So you're clinging, you're hanging on. Then verse twenty-eight: I shall run the way of your commandments, for you will enlarge my heart. You see where we've come from? Verse twenty-five: My soul cleaves to the dust. <laughs> He's out of it. <laughs> in verse, verse, th- uh, the last verse, thirty-two. Rather, I shall run the way of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. I shall run. I'm running. Not just walking or skipping, I'm running. He experiences full revival victory. He's running the way, the path of God's commands. The writers continue to believe the truth, to do what is right. And God then has him on the road, the road to victory, the path to victory. And so you need to see this. this. Let me just say it this way. How you get from A to B as a Christian. How do you get from here to there as a Christian? is by obeying God's commands. That's it. Whether you're talking about you're just going to spend an hour with some friend and encourage him and God uses you in that. Or whether we talk about your whole life. I've been a Christian for 50 years. So there's a few things that God's helped me to do that is a few things to run the way of commandments. Like is getting in God's word and seeking him. I've learned that. Okay. Learn to love people. Okay. You learn that. There's certain things you learn, and you keep learning to be in church. I mean, I, I, I can't think of the time that i have not in church. It's just been my lifestyle, my conduct, my way of life as I go to church, and I'm with believers, and, of course, I'm a pastor, and I sort of have to be here, but I want to be here. And if I wasn't a pastor, I would be in church. You see, so there's all these commandments that help you then to live the life that God wants. Again, if you would go from here to there, whatever. I was thinking of, of Lauren Kaysen says, you shall train up a child in the way it should go. Of course, you should tell the child what to do, but you're teaching a pattern of life of living. They've got 18 years, let's say. I mean, more after that, they'll still talk, and child after that. But the point is, they've got 18 years. And in their minds, they should be thinking, what does God want me to do in training this child? Because instruction principally comes from God, how to raise children, okay? so, So the point is, think of your life this way. God wants you to be on the road to victory. I, I always think that. We're traveling someplace as Christians. We are on a journey. And it's the commands of God that puts us on that path. If, we, if, if you're not on that path, if you're not obeying God's commands, you're out in the woods. I've said that before. Here in Florida, I would hate to be out in the woods. I mean, marsh and snakes and alligators. I not. I mean, I think today, okay, they're going back to Gainesville or Newberry, right? Are you on a road? Or are you going to walk through the woods for 125 miles? That's a dumb question. We know the answer. But the point is they're on the road. Let's say, let's say, let's say you got a map. Now, they know this because they've done it so many times, but, but you need a map, and you obey the map. The map says go up I-75, and you get there. So they do it. They obey the map. They're on the road. They follow the commands, and they get from A to B. Okay, So A to B, whether it's a married life, whether it's your entire life, or whether it's relationship, it's by following the commands of God. That's what it is. And interesting again. How do we finish? The last verse it says, "You enlarge my heart." You know that saying there? You can't do this unless God gives you the grace. Same thing. Same thing we saw in, I think, verse eight of Psalm 19. So again, God, you've got to help me with this. So this is important. Psalm 19. I way back when, I don't know when, is either seventy-two or seventy-three. I started reading Psalm 119, and at first I didn't like it. I really didn't. I didn't like it because it was so convicting. I said, "Man, this is really convicting. How can I? How can I even read any of these? It was so, so, so convicting." But I've been reading it. I mean, I, I read it. I, I might have missed a day or two, you know. But we're not talking 99.5 percent plus of the time. 99.9. I don't know. I always read Psalm 119 first, eight verses, always, 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 because it's my catalyst, my motivation. It helps me. I just keep reading it every time, every time, eight verses, eight verses, and I work my way through the psalm, then I start back again, back and forth, and then I go to the psalms, then I go to my reading. That's what I do. You don't have to do that. I'm just saying I love it. It really is a great, it helps you understand how to read, understand, obey, follow God's word, and it's so many promises, so many good things. So that's, That's all I have to say, but um, let's pray here, and we'll continue. Father, thank you for this time. We bless you for your great love for us and putting us together here, everyone here. Thank you for your word, and pray, Lord, help us to be ones who love you and love your word and do what you say, and knowing that, God, we want to establish spiritual habits, spiritual ways in our life that we continue on through the years and for the entirety of our life until you take